You're listening to the Super Sports Flash Podcast. Welcome into episode 18 of the Super Sports Flash Podcast. We've been away for a couple months, honestly. We've been away for so yeah, long. Yeah, I think it was since December, right? Like, we, we've been busy, you know, making sure we, we graduate. And yeah, take doing care things of that business. college students do naturally. Yeah. No, I mean, like, graduating is kind of overrated, honestly, at this point. I'd rather just be a podcaster than actual work. But I mean, hey, if I could do that for a living, I would definitely do that. But I agree. Before we go any further. As always, I'm Matt Nash. Uh, I'm Tyler. Shibish. And I'm Joe Will. I forgot that, you know. Yep, we have to do that. Yeah. We're, we're a little bit rusty bit. out there. We're just yeah, working out the kinks we'll, right now. We're going to knock off the rust and yep. we'll be good to go, hopefully. Yep. All right. So, you know, like we always do, I think we should start off talking about Alabama sports. Naturally, because Naturally. that's what everyone from around the world loves to hear about. Yeah. So, like, since the last time we saw everyone, Alabama made it to the Sweet 16, won the SEC. Um, they lost to UCLA. But to Heartbreaker. UCLA's credit, they got to the Final Four and put up a pretty good fight against Gonzaga. Yes, so. and it was a such, destroyed it was, by Baylor. I mean, yeah. yes, there's a lot that can be said about that, but we're not going to go into that. So we're basically like the fifth best team in the country is all I'm hearing. I saw people saying that we were the second or third best team in the country. Like after like when all was said and done, yeah. we just lost to UCLA, whose method is create chaos. Yeah, and... I mean, we, it took all the way to overtime to lose as well. But yeah, exactly. I saw actually one preseason ranking had us at number one for next season. It was just one place. Uh, it was the Washington, it was Washington like Post or, or something like that. Yeah, something. Yeah, like I don't know if I want that number one spot because <laughs> here's the target yeah. on your back. Our guys work better for, as underdogs. It worked anyways. out for for Baylor and Gonzaga this year, but I mean, yeah, Illinois lost, Michigan lost. Like the Big Ten is a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Big Ten's wild. But well, cause who, yeah. yeah, Michigan was like the furthest the Big Ten team went, right? And they went mm-hmm. to the Elite Eight. Yeah, yeah. They got knocked out by, by UCLA. Yeah, UCLA. Yeah, yeah funny enough. So, All right. But uh, yes, let's focus back in on the Alabama basketball part. So we have brought in some incredible new sheesh. recruits. Yep. We have been, or sorry, Nate Oates does not sleep. He's been doing work this whole time. No, I like the idea of we. Like, I helped. Yeah, I, I yeah, helped. We, we were the big contributors. Yeah. Right. Alabama Nation, stand up. But we got two big commits off of uh, well, just the work that Nate Oates has been putting in. Obviously, we got JD pretty early on. Yeah. But then, recently, a major question mark was going to be, where is Alabama's size going to come from? And then, seven-footer, five-star slash four-star Charles Bediaco. He's a five-star. We, I mean, on here, it's a, we have him as a four-star. Yeah, I but think 247 has him as a four-star. Yeah. But other he committed to the University of Alabama, and that is incredible because on his list was Duke, yep. Texas, Michigan, Ohio State, and us, and he chose us. Well, he had been pretty much like soft committed to us for a long time. Like from, I mean, he's always been like crystal ball to us. Yes, so. but yeah, it was. It's still nice to see it finally get wrapped in. I got a bad April Fool's uh, prank played on me. Where I got told no. that Chris Beard works quick and snagged Bediaco off the market because he was supposed to commit mid March yeah. and yeah. then he didn't commit mid March. So everyone was like, oh my gosh, did something go wrong? And then I got told on April Fool's Day, and foolish me, that I fell for it. Up, man. <laughs> I got told that Chris Beard, who is now at Texas, works quickly and snagged him because Texas and big men are synonymous with each other. Yeah. Speaking of Chris Beard, too, the other recruit we got was exactly yeah, combo Transition. guard, four star, four star, former, wasn't he former five star? He, he was yeah, a, he was, was a five star. star. Uh, Namari Burnett is known as a consensus yeah. five star. Namari Burnett. And he played at Texas Tech. Chris Beard was coach at mm. Texas Tech until this last year where he took the yes. Texas job. And he's just another really solid overall player. I, I think he's probably going to be like a bench player, honestly, just with Javon Quinterly coming back and then Shaq and Quinterly's coming off the bench too. You think so? I mean, oh, I mean, sorry, Davison, of course, and then yeah, Shaq we're gonna then, like the starting lineup. We'll run through that after we get through the prospects, but I think that we could have an interesting lineup here because I've seen speculation, like not speculation. Demar Burnett straight up is better than Primo yeah. and Ellis, but they know how to play roles, so we're gonna see how that kind of works out. With Burnett's, Burnett's problem with Texas Tech was he wasn't getting enough minutes. Yeah. So why would he come it's here unless exactly, we promise more minutes? It's exactly shades of Javon Quinterly to me. Like a five star that is just was really good and then just didn't get enough playing time. So he came yeah. here and then it's going to be good. Um, and then we also, 
I mean, obviously we have JD Davidson, yep. Davidson's, excuse me. I always want to say Davidson. Yeah. And I think I actually turned in an article for a class where I wrote JD Ooh, Davidson. But yikes. anyway, um, mm. it, sorry, JD, um, don't hate me for that. The disrespect already. But he hasn't even been here. Yeah. Yet. He was the top rated point guard in this year's class. Mm-hmm. Number one, number nine overall player. And, you know, he's just an incredible talent. I think he dropped like 45 in his last high school game. Probably. He's right. incredible. Like everyone always wants to he's say, oh, he played highlight reel. Everyone's like, oh, he played 2A. I watched his highlight reel. Like. They straight up use Jordan rules against. When you're kid. that good, it doesn't matter like yeah. what you know who you're playing against. Everybody like to talk about Zion playing against you know people that aren't that good. There's a video of this five like, eight white kid white walks kid. up and starts clapping. Yeah, at trying him. to guard him. Zion just looks at but him like, "What's wrong?" When with you're you? that good, it doesn't matter who you play against. You're still gonna put up impressive numbers. And yeah, stuff. yeah. And then we have a uh, Jason Holt, four yeah, we, star got, uh, small Jason forward, and um, Langston Wilson. Yeah, Another, the top or yeah. the second rated, excuse me, JUCO prospect. I am excited about him because Langston Wilson. He's bur- long. Pause. Think about Derek Jones Jr. <laughs> I'm thinking about him. <laughs> That's what Langston Wilson does. Really? He's a tall, lanky, athletic son of a gun that can jump out of the building. Yo, if we get a dunk contest champion in Langston Wilson, here's I'll the, be happy. I mean, here's the thing. J.D. Davidson is another guy that could win a dunk contest. Yeah, I was going to say, anytime I watch J.D. Davidson's highlights, it's always just half of it's him just throwing down windmill dunks. Exactly. Like, you know, yeah. Alex Reese was our best dunker on our team this year. <laughs> and now we're going like I, was, I, I think I, Herb. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't Alex, know about that Alex, in game at least. I would say like <laughs> Herb couldn't like he could get up there and he was long and lanky, but he wouldn't do anything fancy with it. Like Reese could genuinely like front clutch and like yeah. he could do a lot because he could jump now. Because we didn't see that previously, but he could jump. But we're not getting into that. Um, obviously, we want to give a good send off to John Petty, Herb Jones, and Alex Reese. Uh, three of our guys that are are heading out this year. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. You were incredible for us. They literally well, changed the culture of Alabama yes. basketball for the foreseeable future. Yes, and crazy. we will never forget Alex Reese's crazy three at the end of the UCLA regulation. Man, uh, that was wild. I was so sad because I was like, the only we two ways that. that this plays out now is that we have all the momentum and crush him or we just fall flat again because we weren't playing that well. And, and we it, fell it flat. The- so we're talking about the seniors leaving Reese, Petty, and um, Jones. Aside from, you know, being here uh, for four years and giving a lot of time and effort to the program, are we really, well, I mean, obviously defensively, Herb Jones leaving is, you know, it's going to hurt us a little bit, but Petty and um, Reese offensive game wasn't all that great. So do you, Petty was the second best offensive player on our team. I know, but they're watch both. Your mouth. They're both inconsistent. So and I guess, he's from Huntsville. I guess watch, I'm trying to be nice on. by saying, "Are we really yeah. losing out by, no, lo- by losing those guys?" Like, I've, I, obviously, I love those players. Like I said, what they did, but here's the offensively, thing. a it, lot of them are inconsistent. I mean, yes, they were inconsistent. So was Herb Jones. Herb Jones got kicked out of the UCLA game, like after, well, not kicked out, but after 41 seconds, yeah, he had two him. charges. Go, yeah, like he wasn't great either on offense, like. We have to think that these guys were not necessarily in terms of like, don't think of them in terms of X's and O's, offense and defense. Think of them in terms of culture. Yeah. Because Herb Jones was like culture, grind, work, hard work, die for the ball. Petty was the same way. Petty was, if I'm shooting terribly, I'm just going to beat my head against the wall until something works. I'm going to go out there and I will run as much as I have to to make sure the other team isn't doing anything either. And Reese was like, all right, know your role. Accept what you're going to do. This is a guy who's a senior who had been starting previously mm-hmm. and then it just accepted his role as a bench guy and was willing to go out there and do what it took to win. No, I kind of I think I kind of agree with Joe, though. It's we lost the people that like laid the foundation for Alabama basketball being good. But it's not but like I we think, lost like a top player or anything. Well, we still have I mean, all we those. lost the SEC player of the year and but offensively. Offensive but, um, wise, the yeah, production, yeah. we're still going to have. That's our starting think, point guard we lost. I think bigger than any of that, they laid the foundation for Alabama basketball getting good recruits that could come out and replace them. Like, I mean, Avery Johnson recruited, like, decently well. Mm. But in his first two years, Nate Oates has already got a lot of, like, great recruits that... I, I mean, mean, besides Colin Sexton. Like, without Colin Sexton, Avery, his recruiting looks a lot worse, I think. I mean, Colin Sexton... Five star John Petty, yeah, five star slash four star Herb Jones was I think a four star, yeah, and then Alex Reese was a four star, yeah. That's just like the first year for Nate Oates though. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yes, but 
they're still comparable right now. Yeah, yeah. I and get that's it. the last year for uh for Avery. And then Avery also brought in Shaq. Shaq was an Avery recruit. Yeah, that's, that's fair. True. But I mean, I don't know. I just think that it's they're gonna be like a loss from like team leadership and that like new leaders are gonna have to step up. I mean, I think, you know, uh sorry, Javon Quinterly is probably gonna end up doing that. And I would also argue that since the SEC tournament, Javon Quinterly was our best player for the last like SEC tournament onward. Yeah. So he's gonna have to step into a leadership role. And then I don't know who else would, like maybe Shaq. I mean, um, Shaq Shaq is already like culture wise, he's the next guy up. Yeah. He's the next guy up, and then JQ is probably going to be the next guy after him. Funny enough, one of our main culture guys is Darius Miles. Yeah, and he Darius, might transfer. So. Well, yeah, that's, that's on here, too. Well, here's the thing. There's some interesting stuff, uh, but like I said, we're going to get to roster makeup after this. Let's just keep talking about who we're like bringing back and whatnot. Uh, we're getting Alex Chiku. We didn't get to see him this year because he tore uh, his ACL Achilles, Achilles. I think. I believe it was, it was one of the major tendons in your leg, and he just... He tore it before the season. We didn't get to see him. He's a guy that generated Achilles, a lot of hype. When he, it was Achilles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He generated a lot of hype when he came in last year because mm-hmm. everyone was like, oh, my gosh. No, this French dude is incredible. This yeah. French guy. And, you know, because in high school, he was being, he was a six foot eleven guy that could shoot. Everyone was calling him Giannis. Obviously, he's not Giannis. But still, I'm not going to turn down a six eleven guy that can shoot. I'm excited yeah. to see what he can do. Well, you guys touched on it earlier. It's it's. I feel like it's been a while. I mean, we had Dante Hall, but. It's been a while since we've had like an actual an, big man. A big man like, who can actually is just an all around. Yeah, player, I like Jordan you know? Bruner, but he wasn't like a traditional big man. Yeah. Tra- I mean, here's the thing Dante Hall was not an all around big man. Dante Hall was an athletic guy that could jump. Yeah. Let's that's not. True. Let's, like, we, we need we something love, like that. I said, we do. That's why we have Betty Ako. He can't yeah. really jump, but he's a seven footer who's like, he's more of the all around big that you're talking about. Like, yeah, he can true. probably step out the mid, knock I mean, it down. The closest he can thing dunk. we had to that last year was like maybe Jawan Gary. But I mean, I liked Jawan Gary. I mean, Jawan Gary's like, a converted power forward. Yeah, exactly. He, I he like was him a on good, defense. like, get in and yeah. like hustle and like go hard and stuff exactly. type guy. But he wasn't the most skilled, I guess. I don't yes. know. Like, all he could really do was like layups and dunks, which is fair. That's all you really need to do when you're yeah, six foot hit, nine, hit, six foot ten. I think Jawan Gary's six eight. Really? Yeah. He hit the occasional three, but like, you know, it was, it was a whole other thing because he was like a mobile six eight. Which was what we were missing last year with yeah. um, oh, what was the guy that transferred to Maryland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, yeah, it's it. Yeah. Our old one yeah, of our old big men. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but still, we had a six eight big man who couldn't do anything. You he can't was look just it up. That's cheating. He was just wide. Galen Smith. I didn't no. have to look yeah, it up. Galen Smith. He was just like a. I was big, in the process of dude. looking it up, and I was yeah. like Galen Smith. He's just a big so, broad shoulder dude who would you know do all that, but. You know, outside of that, we're not bringing anyone else in at this current second. I've heard that we're not done though. Yeah, That's all really. Um, I, I've seen rumors who on was Twitter. The Furman transfer that that was something. I yeah, to us. Noah something. Um, Probably. I'm I'm slacking today, but you know, it's fine. It's been a while. Here's yeah. the problem. So, Knock off the rust. Uh, so, Noah Gurley. Yeah. yeah. Noah Gurley. And you know, I'm sweet. Add more people. If Nate Oates thinks that he's going to fit the system, then I trust Nate Oates. But how are you going to add him? And you have all these other guys on here. Yeah, we well, already have one person at least that needs to transfer. So we're going to end up having two transfers. Is we're what's going to happen. Process them. So like the question ball. is, do we drop like do we have Darius Miles and Keon Ambrose Hilton transfer transfer, or do we have James Rojas and Juwan Gary transfer, or a mixture of those? I would, because or, there's a reason. Yeah. Do you want to have a guy that's the tenth guy on the roster who thinks he should be getting minutes, but is actually now the thirteenth guy? Who could transfer and go be the fifth guy somewhere else? Or do you want the thirteenth guy to know he's the thirteenth guy and be okay with being the thirteenth guy? Yeah. I don't know. I think Rojas would be one of the people I, yeah, I would I'm, want if I'm not a fan of Rojas. To transfer just because I think he's a worse Joan Gary to me. And then we also have other players coming in. So that's how I look at that's it. That's fair. Well. But also every time Rojas is on the court it made me a little nervous. I mean, that's the thing. James Rojas is the epitome of UCLA basketball playing for the University of Alabama. Because absolute chaos. His job is to go out there and just mess up the other team's scheme. Yeah, he messes up our scheme too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but exactly. That's, he's a wild card. You, you literally, it's like if you need something to happen, you put him out there. If nothing's yeah, going right for you, throw him on the because he's the wild card. <laughs> throw him on the court and just see what happens. But you know, we're gonna you know have to go in there and see who's gonna go where, what's gonna happen with that. You know, I'm excited. I trust Nate yeah. Oates. So. We spent a lot of time talking about basketball. We should talk about football. Alabama's a football school. I mean, we're a championship school. Yeah, now, we're in everything but school now. We're, yeah, we're a championship um, school. Let's get that right. 
So A Day's coming up. I think it's what next week? Next Saturday. Next Saturday. Oh, this is a uh, this Saturday. Oh, okay. It's the, yeah. <laughs> what day is it? Oh, the tenth. April tenth. We're yeah. all yeah. over the, the place recording. today. Yeah. Uh, sorry, but um, fifty percent capacity was announced. Um, I didn't even get to opt in because the I was told that the date, the time to opt in was midnight. Because they sent that out in the first email, and then they sent out another one, and was like, "Oh nope, it's actually 5 p.m." Somebody asked me today, they're like, "Oh, did you get tickets?" And I was like, "Oh, when's it opt-in?" And I was like, <laughs> "They're like, it already happened." Yeah, yeah. But um, I guess I'm not going then. Yep. I'll just watch it on TV. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. People are starting quarterback drama. You know, Bryce Young, Paul Tyson. From what I've heard from Nick Saban himself, it seems like there's not much drama. I don't know people why people are trying to start drama. It's an, yeah. it's an obvious answer. It's just like it's just Bryce Young. Yeah. Like he, there, there's no question Nick, there. Every single time he's yes, talking. Yes, I think so. Yes. Why are you asking me that question? Every single who did, time. Who did Nick Saban put out on the field during and, blowouts? It was and every Bryce single Young. time that he's been asked about like quarterback performances, he's always like Bryce Young is doing really good. And so, then, we, like, so we've got the guy that has a, a dual threat quarterback who can throw lasers. And then we've got some guy that I've never seen play before. I'm going to no, go with the guy. His grandpa was Bear Bryant, so that I understand quarterback. That. And I understand that. I'm fine with him being Some on the roster. Some that you brought in I mean, He was streets. like a four-star recruit, wasn't he? No, Paul Tyson's good. I mean, yeah. But he's not Bryce Young. That's the thing. Bryce Young is incredible. And then poor Paul Tyson, I think next year. Well, I mean, it'll be but are we Bryce Young for two years, and then maybe Jill, Jalen Milrow, and then we also have Ty Simpson coming in. Yeah. Who's yeah. Good. Are we assuming that Bryce Young is going to start just solely because he's highly rated the five-star guy like well, also because like matt said he was the guy that went out there he was mac jones's backup last yeah year. but what if um was, what if paul tyson ha- has a better camp than him i mean i mean i think you should start whoever is the better yeah but see I'm no saying, that's think, what i'm trying to get you start at who's yes, better absolutely. but bryce young is but just bryce better. young is better <laughs> yeah well i mean that's what i'm saying i just think a lot of people are like are like oh i don't care if paul tyson has a good camp like you gotta play bryce young oh, because he's highly rated I know Nick Saban, whether it's Paul Tyson, Bryce Young, or hell, Jalen Milrow, whoever's the best yeah. player, he's going to play them well, regardless. Like, I mean, me of all people, I've, like freshman year after seeing Tua play, I said that he should have started over Jalen Hurts. And yes. then he went on to win the national championship. Exactly. But when I watched him to play when I watched him play in blowouts, I literally told my roommate, like after the second game of the season, I was like, I think he might be a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. And so I've always been a proponent of playing the best player. And then, like, when people were like, no, Jalen should be the starter after Tua won the national championship, I'm like, Tua's clearly yeah. a better quarterback. Like, I mean, the thing, that was a whole situation where... I get it, it's loyalty to your guy who's it, been... It was, but also, Jalen Hurts had this whole other thing going on where we essentially told him, hey, let the defense handle it, just don't yeah. turn it over. And then that essentially gave him football's version of the dreaded Y word, the yips. Yeah, I like, know, it's just like... Even when he was hot, his throws just never looked as good as Tua, which, I mean, now, in retrospect, obviously, I'd argue that Tua is just definitively a, at least a better college quarterback. Yeah. You don't know how it's going to shake out in the NFL. Well, do you guys remember when I said that um, Mac Jones would run the offense better than Tua at the beginning of the year, and you guys called me crazy? Yeah, I mean... In the regards so you that, never, you never regards really know. He can't do as much as Tua. Yeah, I give you that. Like, he doesn't... Like, he can't do all that extra stuff with escaping, like, so he's not going to try. Like, two is going to try and extend the yeah. play. Mac Jones will just go down. But yeah, I mean, it's like a Russell Wilson, right? Versus like a, yeah. a Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom, Tom Brady's going to throw it yeah. away and like... Run just, the offense better. Or Russell yeah. Wilson's going to try and extend it and make something and happen. Like sometimes it looks cool and then sometimes it ends up hurting you. Exactly. Tyler's been a fan of Bryce Young for a while. I remember last I have, year. He yeah, I thought, he, he, I thought he should have started over <laughs> Mac. Start over Boy, Mac. am I wrong. I mean, here's the thing. It's like, there's but, still speculation as to whether or not Mac's actually going to make it in the NFL now. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll definitely get to that later. Yeah. That's... Uh, That's actually, on you as well. Uh, speaking of which, we should talk about the NFL. Sure, let's just go straight into it. Yeah, I'm fine with um, that. First thing I want to highlight is we have on our handy dandy thing uh, the whole like Mac Jones thing. We were just talking about Mac Jones, and mm-hmm. some places have him rumored going to San Francisco at three. Also, a lot of people are hating on him, and you know, I just don't really get it. Because, like, oh, so the argument against him, right, is, like, oh, he has incredible talent. The argument against but, him is he's a Blackberry. That's what I literally heard Colin Cowherd say about him, is that he's a dinosaur. He's not ah, okay, a modern okay. quarterback. I got you. He's literally Big Ben without the ability to escape. Well, I've also seen lots of people talking about, like, oh, he only was good because he had Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, who, I mean, missed, like, 90% of the season. But yeah, um, Joe Burrow 
went first overall last year. He and did. He had, you know, Jamar Chase, a guy who last year would have been wide receiver num- number one off the board. Yes. Yeah, they, Justin Jefferson still will be. They're talking yeah. about Jamar Chase being the next Julio Jones. I mean, we I had. Mean, I've, wh- seen, I've seen him compared to DeAndre Hopkins, Julio yeah. Jones, Justin Blackman for uh, some reason. Last year we had, had a lot of hype. We had Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs go in the first round, mm-hmm. but I didn't. None of those guys were being compared to the Julio Jones. Yeah. Or, I mean, no. Well, and then he also had Justin Jefferson, who you know, a lowly two-star recruit, just set could have been the rookie higher. I mean, yeah, he, he set the rookie enough. NFL receiving yard record. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is incredible with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, shout out. No, I thought it the was Kirk Cousins hate. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's, it's right? a little dig at Tyler. I know, but no, I and love, me love Justin Jefferson. Uh, he also had Clyde edwards helaire the only running back taken in the first round, and Terrace Marshall Jr., who He's, had 700 yards last he year, has 10 like, touchdowns. Th- I mean, here's the thing: the to say to say yeah. it like this, they didn't they set the record for the most players drafted off a single NFL college yes, they did. Sing, after off of a single college team in the history of the NFL draft. Yeah. So, like, that tells you like, all you need to know. It had a million NFL prospects yeah. on that team. Yeah, and then, like, that's just not including their defense and stuff. But I think that Joe Burrow didn't get nearly as much hate as he did, like, as Mac did for playing mm-hmm. with such good players. And I honestly firmly believe that's just the Bama effect, where people are so tired of seeing Alabama, yes. where they're just like, yeah. oh, they're not good. They're all system players. I mean, here's the thing: well, he's he's paying the price for Greg McElroy and AJ McCarron. And I was a long time yeah. proponent and of Tua's rookie year. People hated on Tua. Yeah, I don't. Understand Tua had that a, either. Tua had a good rookie if you, year. No, if you extrapolated his stats to a 16 game season, um, excuse my calculation, right, but I'm he actually would have had like an here. average rookie season. If yeah, he had to start like, all 16 games. With literally, he didn't play poorly. Everyone just hated on him because he would play safe a lot of times. Because yeah. he we was didn't like, have much around him either. I mean, yeah, yeah and Mike just so hopefully, yeah, Preston this Williams. year, you know, hopefully and, they'll um, add some guys. But Devonte Parker, Devonte Parker, no, yeah. Parker, Parker, who's yeah. like pretty good, but he's always injured. wasn't one of them hurt. Yeah, I was gonna say Parker is Parker constantly hurt. hurt, but he constantly plays. Yeah. So that's fair. But yeah, I don't know. I I get the criticism. And one other thing I saw to support Joe Burrow was something like he threw his throwing into like tight windows ratio was a lot more than Mac Jones's like Mac Jones did it like 40 times and Joe Burrow did it like 120 times yeah. so it's just saying like Mac Jones is Mac Jones will throw to open, open guys yeah. yeah but I think famous oh sorry no I was just gonna say I also comparing Joe Burrow and Mac Jones I think Burrow's better but also I think yeah. that um the reason why his stats may have been better is because they threw they were the a pass first yeah team. they were a pass first team and they asked, I think they asked Joe Burrow to do a lot more than we asked Mac Jones to do with our offense this year. Exactly. Yeah. It Mac was, was incredible. He threw 40 touchdowns. Here's but the thing. It was a situation of him. Joe Burrow can do more, but Mac Jones is going to run your offense. Yeah. Because also, he is, like, he just fits. You fit him into the offense, which is you run the ball, you run the ball, you fake that you're running the ball, then you yeah. throw it to a guy that's wide open 15 yards well, past everybody else. You know, I just want to put this out here. I actually have two thoughts on this. But number one, is that, you know, Alabama's system is you throw passes to your wide receivers quick and then let them do the work. Mm-hmm. Sounds very familiar to the San Francisco 49ers system yeah, where they have all these rack receivers. It's like, like you've got that and you've got receivers. the play action, which is designed yeah, to get your guys who aren't good at getting open open. The 49ers are like a run team. Exactly. And then when they throw, they like to show throw like quick passes to get their receivers and let them do all the work. Yeah. That's exactly what Mac Jones did. But also... I have to have the obligatory Mac Jones did it against an all SEC schedule and he had comparable stats That's and the he played other point two I was games. making mm-hmm. to I, I obviously my friends from back home they bust my bust my butt a bit about you know Alabama and Mac Jones oh you won the championship yeah. you lose but I was telling yeah. you, that's the other what point I made I said Mac Jones threw what 20 touchdowns less than Joe, Joe Burrow but also uh we played a harder schedule all and SEC schedule games. and less games yeah. So, I don't know. I it's just it's frustrating. And then also, I think part of it is just because the the swagger with Joe Burrow. I mean, Mac Jones is you know say, he's, he's a fun time, yeah. but he's not. He's Mac Jones not didn't come out of the cigar with, with a cigar hanging out of his messy mouth. hair. Like yeah. he's just yeah. Mac Jones. He's I mean, he's a guy I mean, that he had a go shirtless there. picture of him with his gut out with a cigar, which is even better. That's I think. 
that's fair. Enough. I mean, that one's Honestly. more memeable, but it's not like it's not like one of those yeah. tough photos. I just love that picture, and then the picture of Devonte Smith was his, with his like pants pulled up like to halfway up his waist, where he's just like, yeah. yeah. Mom but said you it's guys, my just, turn to play on the Xbox. You guys just got beat by a yeah. bunch of memes, like, and that's the thing. We got the slim reaper yeah. Devonte Smith, who's really good, but people doubt him. We've got Mac Jones, who just looks like a typical American dad, <laughs> who you know, good show, ah, funny. <laughs> And then you've got, you know, Speedy Gonzalez, Jalen Waddle just yeah. sprinting around. Like, wasn't Speedy Gonzalez canceled? Was he? I'm th- I think he might have been. All right, in that I case, saw the point. Anyway. I, I will then just cut that out. Of I know. The I'm just podcast. kidding. <laughs> I'm obvi- I'm keep it in there. We're yeah, keeping no. it in there. For Another thing that anti cult. Oh, go, go ahead. Oh no, no, oh, you're just. I'm just okay. <laughs> Another thing that bothers me is just how the media is kind of portraying Mac Jones. Um, they're not. But I lost my keys. Oh my gosh! Well, what do you got? No, Where to be right now? Yeah, I don't like no. the way that the media is portraying Mac Jones because all I've heard so far is that he's this fat, unathletic QB. And in reality, I think he's deceptively athletic. Like he's not unathletic. Okay. Sneaky he's, athletic. He's Here we go. He's not Tom Brady unathletic. Here we go. Su- can, okay, Tom Brady ran like a four eight forty. Mac Jones reportedly ran a four seven, but also everyone's running four threes right now. So but he I'm can not move trusting Justin Fields ran a four four. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm waiting until the combine to base people. Like well, every LSU wide receiver ran a yeah. four three nine or whatever four three eight. Yeah. Like, well, the pro with the pro days, it Tom Brady's forty like, time was five twenty eight. Oh, was it? Yeah. It just seems on Twitter and just everywhere else, they're talking about the pro days and they're they're talking about a couple bad throws Mac Jones made like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence didn't have a single bad throw at their pro day and it's just like I mean be fair I mean you have to be fair about it you can't just be like oh Mac had these bad throws and here's a throw of Zach Wilson throwing the ball 70 yards that is one of the most incredible throws I've ever seen I've never seen I mean granted of course he's throwing to a guy that's wide open there's no defenders out there but that hey, was Wilson. He, yeah, Zach Everybody Wilson. looks good in shorts. Was, we go back was, to the Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. He Woo. was literally throwing against the grain, oh, running like this, just running to the left, throws it against the grain to the right, and leads his receiver who's yeah. down that you way. You give me enough time, I could do that. Yeah, no, he did it I'm on kidding. the first try. <laughs> yeah, but he's also probably practiced it a lot more than I have. I'm just kidding. I don't think I could physically throw the ball as far as he did. Yeah, that that was absolutely ridiculous. And it was immediately after that that the Niners traded up, which started speculation with the Jets, and then the Jets the traded Jets Sam are, Darnold. Well, yeah, the Jets are picking Zach Wilson. The probably. interesting mm-hmm. thing with this draft class is you have Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, who, you know, have been you have a lot of experience starting as quarterbacks, and then you have Mac Jones who had one full year, and you got Trey Lance who had like one full year as well, and then Zach Wilson. He had like, one good year, yeah. pretty much. I just so it's weird. I think there's the a big Jets. question mark, in my opinion, for the number three quarterback. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Well, and it's weird because I think the Jets are like ten thousand IQing themselves. You know, I think they're overthinking it. I think they should just pick Justin Fields. But I think so they're gonna too. pick Zach Wilson. Like Adam Schefter went as far to text Zach Wilson saying, "Welcome to New York," and Schefter's a Jets. That's just fan. weird. Yeah. Well, he's That's, apparently a Jets fan, which is I don't want to say it's unprofessional, that but Michigan. isn't that kind of unprofessional too? I mean, literally, we've seen him like Woj has done unprofessional things. Well, no, I mean, Adam Schefter also like leaked JPP's like medical records and stuff after he blew up his hand. And so Schefter isn't always the model of. I mean, yeah, and like, if you look at any guy, you could be like, well, that's that's kind of unprofessional. Yeah, it's hard to walk that line between being professional and also having fun. Sometimes, but also he is very good at what he does. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, gotta just so. One thing I want to ask. Yep. Players in the draft, right? Yep. Give me one that you think is overhyped and one that you think is underhyped. Like, who do you like more than people do? Who do you like less than people do? Come back to me on this one. I, I'm looking up something real quick. Okay. Um, For me, this is just through the lens of a Vikings fan, right? I'll put that out here right now. I don't like Quiddy Pay or, well, no, sorry. Quiddy Pay is okay. I don't think we're going to pick him at 14. Jalen Phillips is the one that really scares me, right? Because he is very athletic. Out of Miami, he's like the most athletic end in the first round. Mm-hmm. But he's like one concussion away from having to medically retire. And he already retired from football at one point, citing he didn't love it. And then Yikes. came back and unretired. And people are like, oh, he's a first-round talent. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but he's literally like, there's a good chance he plays like two years and then... So I am just 
would not touch him until like the third or fourth round, which is obviously, you know, it's super high risk, high reward. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd prefer not to take that risk. Um, And then let me think. A player that I like more than yeah. everyone else is. Tell me what you think about that. Um, Shoot. I don't know. I'm trying to think of um, a good, good example. Oh, one other player I don't like that much is Terrence Marshall. Uh, just because I've seen some people have him go all the way up in like the first round. Yeah, like yeah. The I don't think the he's first. a first round talent. And also, he did just like quit on LSU the last like two games. So, um, I don't know. I think some of the mid tier quarterbacks are interesting prospects because you know you hear about the top five, right? Mm-hmm. But I like some of the other ones. Kellen Mond, especially. Yeah, Kellen Mond, I think, was probably the one I was going to say. Yeah, just he's... because he's a he has a good potential to be like a draft and stash quarterback for a year or two, and then he'll like, come out and be like a decent guy. He yeah, kind of, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Dak, and I feel like that's going to look bad just because I'm comparing two guys that look similar. I'm not comparing that at all, <clears throat> play style wise. Similar games, yeah. They have very similar play, like yes, yeah, similar, similar play team colors too. Coming out of high or college. Uh, yeah. Mississippi State. Yeah. But like <laughs> the important thing. Dak was yeah. a guy like he was big, stand chest, like chest out in the pocket, look around. If he needed to take off, he would take off. That's exactly what yeah. Kellen Mond does. Kellen, big arm, chest out. Like he literally, like if you yeah. look, it looks like he's Superman posing he's when he's dude. in the pocket. Yeah. Like he's just a he, big guy. I mean, he's only 6'2, but he looks like he's 6'6. I used to like him less because I think when he first, when I first started watching him, right? Obviously, he was a freshman when we were freshmen so we've mm-hmm. kind of followed his whole career seems like he's but, been there forever yeah exactly seems but, like we've been here forever exactly but he uh he i think he used to have the tendency of like running too quickly and i think he's really grown in that where now yeah. he stands in the pocket more and he's not like a run first quarterback anymore it was kind of like Jalen Hurts. I, I was gonna say jalen hurts what his transition when he went to oklahoma that made him a much better quarterback mm-hmm. is he learned to throw first and then run not run first. Well, he learned that here and like when yeah. he was under two like when he was like coming off the bench for tua mm-hmm. i think he like learned where he's like all right if i don't change my game i'm going the to the sec fall out. championship game you could see it yeah like he was a completely different player and georgia got but, screwed over twice by yeah. us that was funny so that that's my pick i think uh probably kellen mond and i wouldn't hate if we picked him in like the third round but I don't know if he's going to last that long because I think a team that wants a quarterback or needs a quarterback after the top five, like, you know, yeah. how long do you wait to pick Kyle Trask? How long do you wait to pick Kellen Mond? Yeah, it just gets it gets you know kind of dicey. I think I have found I need to find. I'll go. Go for it. Mine are both linebackers. A player well, we're all familiar with is Dylan Moses. I feel like he's mm-hmm. kind of getting slept on a bit. Uh, a lot of the issues this year that we had on our defense were solely blamed on him, which I don't think was fair. Um, he's very athletic, and I think that he could be a, a, a steal in like the second or third round. Yeah. I don't know how far he's going to slide. I think the reason that he got blamed for so much of the defensive issues, and again, it's not fair to him, but he was hurt all of like the year before and our defense wasn't great and everyone's like he's gonna fix yeah. it he's well we found out it. this year that he was playing with yeah he had an injury this year too that he was playing wasn't with. it like a torn meniscus yeah I, like I believe so um but yeah he was a super tough guy but like everyone was like he's gonna fix the defense he's gonna fix the defense and then he didn't single-handedly fix the defense and then people were like he's bad yeah and so. then another linebacker is Zaven collins from tulsa Won the Bronco Nagurski Award, won the Chuck Benaric Award, but I look. One thing that worries me is a six foot four, two hundred sixty pound linebacker. I mean, he can move, but I just feel like that's that's it's too big, especially with how quick and how fast. Yeah, a lot of these tight ends and receivers are in the NFL nowadays. I don't know that he he doesn't really Moses fits today's uh, linebacker more, I think, yeah. than Collins does. But Collins is projected to be like to go in like the middle of the first, maybe end of the first, whereas Moses is projected to be like a day two pick. It doesn't make much sense to me. Yep. Okay. All right, we ready for me now? You found yours? Super ready. Yeah, I've gone through here. So person I think that's getting a little bit too much hype, obviously I have to go with Trey Lance. I'm not a Trey Lance believer. Ooh, that's rough considering your team, buddy. I don't think so. I don't think the Broncos are going to draft a quarterback. I do not understand why... 
People think the Broncos are going to get a quarterback. I don't know. I don't understand it okay. either. No, just, the Broncos are drafting defense because yes. the one thing we didn't have last year was a dominant middle linebacker. Uh, Micah Parsons. Oh, Micah Parsons. Exactly. That's the speculation I've heard. That's speculation I like to hear, and that's what I'm hoping will actually happen. I got him in my mock draft too. Exactly. I'm looking out for you. But the guy that I like, I said, I'm not hyped about Trey Lance because obviously he played really well. One really good season against what kind of competition does he play again? What is he? What what is he South Dakota State? Played one game this year. They played one game this year, but like, what do like are like are they in like D two or are they like? Uh, they're FCS. Ah, FCS. So it's D one, but it's like the D two of D one. Got it. So basically, he's playing against guys like obviously. Right, who is it? We seen Carson Wentz came out of there, right? He came out of South Dakota State. So you could argue that there has been success there before, but again, I don't know. Like I. I, don't know. I haven't seen enough out of him. I just don't. I'm not willing to put my money down on him yet. I'm not putting my chips on this guy. If this is like a betting scenario, I'm not a fan of that. I need to see more out of him. Like mm-hmm. I obviously we all have Mac Jones above him because Mac Jones played well. But in terms of being a prospect, technically Trey Lance is better because he can also run. Yeah, well, I think Trey Lance. I, I see what you're saying. I just think Trey Lance the upside for him. Is probably more than you know any other quarterback besides Trevor Lawrence for this draft because we know we know about Mac Jones, we know about Justin Fields, we know about Trevor Lawrence, but Trey Lance is kind of the question mark. I mean, so was Mitch Trubisky, and we saw where that got the Bears. Mitch yeah, Trubisky but, was a question mark. He was a big guy. It was a guy with a big arm, and he was mobile and he could move. But he's not. He wasn't. He's not as mobile as Trey Lance. I mean, I mean obviously he's not as mobile as Trey Lance, but still, it's, we've seen Robert Griffin the third. He's mobile. He can't throw a ball, but he's mobile. He can run. Who was the other guy for the Ravens? What was his name? I can't remember. Like the guy that everyone memed about, Trace McSorley. Yeah, oh, Trace he was McSorley. drafted in like the seventh round though, so I don't know yeah. if that's like. But still, he can move, but he can't really throw. So, Trey like, Lance has a rocket for an arm. I don't know. I I I love Trey Lance. I don't know. I, I be, need to see it. I need to see it first. Well, okay, so what? Where do you think is the the spot that he should get drafted? Like, I mean, here's the middle thing. of the first round. Obviously, in the draft, you have to draft for potential as well yeah. as whatnot, but. I think that just based on potential alone, you take him in the Lamar Jackson slot, last pick of the first round. Like, that if you want to go for you want to go for potential, then yeah. you wait to the end of the first round when it's like, well, we've got no other options on the board. Let's just see if this kid is as good as everyone says he is. The problem with that philosophy is, I think that there's going to be a team that's going to grab him before then. I mean, look, that's like, fine. People value well. Yeah. Um, apparently Washington has been really interested in him. So if he's there at 19, I think they grab I mean, him. It's kind it's, of a no-brainer it's, pick for them. It's either let's take a gamble on this one kid that could be incredible or start Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, I think you can do both. I mean, Fitzpatrick was... They had 2-0 in Miami last year and Fitzpatrick. So I think if you... It'd be the perfect scenario, in my opinion, to have Fitzpatrick be there and then have Trey Lance, who has all this upside and is super athletic, sit behind him. Because yeah. obviously I'm biased. I'm a Washington fan, but I think they're a quarterback and maybe a linebacker and a safety away from being, you know, a Super Bowl contending team. I mean, we saw what they did last year, basically not having yeah. a quarterback at all, and how successful they were just with that defense alone. Yeah. I yeah, mean, they, they made the playoffs based on being in the best, the, the lucky division. Yeah, <laughs> they took the Bucks down to the wire. I mean, I, they I'm not the saying Bucks they didn't well. play well, but they were also seven and nine and made the playoffs. The NFC least, but that's a different discussion. Yeah. And the guy that I think that doesn't get enough shine is, honestly, I feel like all these guys are getting like ridiculous amounts of coverage at this point. I would just say Kyle Pitts because he's getting the least of it. Like, you think so? I think Kyle Pitts is going to be incredible. Yeah, because I don't, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I think he's getting a lot of hype. I mean, here's the thing: recently. Trevor Lawrence is getting a lot of hype. Zach Wilson's getting a lot of hype. Jamar Chase is getting a lot of hype. Penny Sewell is getting a lot of hype. Justin Fields is even getting hype. Micah Parsons is getting hype. All the Alabama receivers yeah. are getting hype. Like everyone in the top ten is getting ridiculous amounts of hype. Actually, I have a spicy take. Someone to me that's not getting enough hype is Trevor Lawrence, just because he's been the number one pick for so long. What do you long, mean he's been the number one pick? No, but no one's talking about him. No one needs. A they don't need to talk exactly. about him. No one saying. needs to talk for about how Trevor good Lawrence. he is. He's getting exactly zero hype because everyone knows he's going number one. I'm not saying that yeah. he needs to be getting hype. I'm just saying if we're talking purely under hype players, well, they've, hyped, they've been, been hyping about him for so years. Like, Trevor Lawrence's yeah, hype. Exactly. hype, I would argue, is not zero. It's already at max. So no one's. Bothering to try and hype him up more. You can't hype this guy up any more than he already is hyped up. Yeah. Because everybody yeah. knows, oh my God, this guy is supposed to be a generational talent. That hype could honestly be too high. We're going to see. Yeah. I mean, what what is Trevor Lawrence? What is the thing that Trevor Lawrence does spectacularly well? 
everything. But he's the thing. He's, just, he's, <laughs> exactly. he's an yeah. all-around quarterback, but, like, you know, we've seen that before in college, and then it just didn't pan out. Yeah, I mean, everything's a crapshoot, and it's going to be funny in, like, five years when Jamie Newman's the best quarterback out of this class or something like that. I would cry. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so I think we should take this time to shift to a different sport, the Major League of Baseball. Hey, uh, last night, like actually, that? Joe Musgrove, San Diego Dads pitcher. Slam uh, Diego. Yeah, the Slam Diego Dads. Slam Diego was, Dads who can actually pitch, too. Yeah, tossed the first no-hitter in Padres history, which... I think it's really cool that it was him because he's a San Diego native. If you didn't know, um, I didn't know until I did not know that <laughs> I was reading about cool. it. But he, yeah, he's a San Diego native. They were in Texas playing the Rangers, and you know that's really cool. I like it. I'm happy for him, and it was a super hype call. I don't know if you saw the video. Yeah, of it, I did. But the announcer did a great job. I love in sports highlights when the announcer like enhances it. Yes, yeah. he was like. Oh, and he's got it. And like they have the the first no hitter in Padres history. And then like they let the crowd roar and stuff. That's mm-hmm. always a plus. Well, not yeah. only did they have the first no hitter in Padres history, but they were the last team to not have a no hitter. So now officially every MLB team has thrown at least one no hitter. Yes. Perfect game next. But I think it's funny that the Padres go out and write and sign all these pitchers. And then Joe Musgrove is the one who throws the yes. no hitter. Yeah, the so least likely of any of them. Not you, Darvish. I heard like, this interesting fact about this. And I I don't know if it's true. I didn't do any research on it. But I heard this fact last night. Right. Apparently, it was the backup catcher who was catching for the pitcher this game. Hmm. He was also the backup catcher who was, for some reason, catching in the game of the last no hitter thrown in the, NF- or in the MLB. Huh, that's pretty cool. He was a backup on both teams, and the only reason why he's on the Padres now is because when you Darvish got traded to the Padres, he said, "Hey, can you bring guy. my backup catcher with me?" It just works for translator like issues, and so they brought him with them, and then he caught the next no hitter in MLB history after catching the previous one. So the Cubs had the last no hitter before this. That's kind of weird. Apparently, um, apparently that's pretty cool. Yeah, speaking of the Cubs. St. Louis Cardinals, Nolan Arenado is looking pretty good. <laughs> He's looking very good. Losers. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he hit uh, St. Louis. I mean, obviously, I'm from the St. Louis area. I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan. And that we had our home opener two days ago. Nolan mm-hmm. Arenado hit a go-ahead home run in the eighth inning, got a curtain call. He claimed it was his first one ever, but I think there was a video of him getting one in, with the Rockies. He might have just blocked it out because he's... He's happy. He's yeah. in a better place now. He's like, I, I can finally be free. Yeah, but he seems to love it here so far. The fans love him, and he's done really well. In his, I think he's oh, already yeah. hit like two or three home runs. And yeah, I'm like, you guys got him for a steal. Oh uh, yeah, they literally the Rockies they paid, paid to take him. Yeah, the Cardinals like fifty million dollars to take him. It's ridiculous and, to think. Um, yeah, so I'm super happy. I saw a comment on it, and someone was like, oh, God, he's going to go and win MVP now, isn't he? Which I would love, <laughs> but I think that would be just another, like, oof for the Rockies fans, that would be right? a really That would be a really bad, like, shot to the heart for the Rockies fans. Yeah, just guys, just to watch, well, like, hey, we paid them to take this guy, and he's literally killing it. Yeah, and then <laughs> one last fun fact about Nolan Arenado. He, um, one of the big concerns, right, was, like, can he hit outside of Coors Field? Because his stats would always go down, leaving Coors Field. Well, side note. That happens to every player on the Rockies because when you train in Coors Field, yep. you're used to how the ball carries in Coors Field. Mm-hmm, so then you yeah. go somewhere else and then it doesn't carry that well. So like once you start to train somewhere else, you'll be fine. But when he played on the Rockies, his best hitting numbers came in NL Central ballparks, which is where he now plays. So That's hilarious. Um, just wanted to throw that one out there. That is pretty funny. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So the Baltimore Orioles, surprisingly, are they leading their division now, or are they just? Yeah, I think there's. I think they're tied atop with, with the Red Sox, right? And the Yankees, I think too. Um, I think it's just kind of jumbled up there. But I know we're used to the Orioles. Yeah, they're four sucking. and three. The Red Sox are four and three. I think the Yankees were three and four. Uh, yeah, okay. so yeah, so the Red Sox and the Orioles. But I mean, it's seven games in. Granted, it's seven games in again. You know, the Reds are, I think, leading the NL Central right now yeah. because they've started really hot. Baseball well. is always tough. I guess basketball too because. There's so many games. If your team starts off and they're like 0 and 4 or 1 and 5, you're like, oh, the year's over. This this team's horrible. And yeah. it's hard. <laughs> you, you start have to be off so patient. Yeah. 
in baseball, you start off with a 30% winning percentage after the first 20 games. You're like, this season could turn around really quickly. And then you just win 10 straight. You're like, sweet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after the first 20 games, there's still 142 games left. So Yeah, I mean, the Nats, when they won the World Series, they barely squeaked into the playoffs as a wild card team, and they ended up winning it all. So I guess, it, you know. It's, it's who's hot. In the playoffs, <laughs> yeah, you, you just got to. I mean, you gotta be patient, which is it's hard. I know I have a hard time with patience and I I looked it up actually too. when I saw that they were winning and I saw that Adley Ratchman is not playing yet with them. I think he's still like in the minors, which was interesting. I'm excited for him, you know, first overall pick, switch hitting catcher mm. should be pretty good. I'm just a you know, neutral baseball fan. Actually, as a neutral baseball fan, one last person I kinda wanted to talk about. Shohei Otani has been yes. crushing it. Yeah. Um <laughs> He also became the he joined the 100 100 club the other day. I don't know if you saw that, but he threw a fastball over 100 miles per hour, and then in the, in the same game hit a ball over 100 miles per hour. So very few yeah. people have done that. I think, um, what's his name? Jacob Degrom has done that for some reason. <laughs> I didn't know he was a good hitter, but I saw that Jacob Degrom was a, you know, a good hitter. But Shohei's been killing it. Oh, yeah. Shohei Otani is awesome. Like, as a casual baseball fan, I love pitchers who rake because they just redefine the entire game and make it exciting for me to watch. So I'm like, sweet. I don't have to watch a guy go up there and either bunt or just have a, a DH going for him. Yeah, well, when you have a lineup that you've got a Tony who, who can hit and then you've got Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon, I mean, that's, yeah, I that's even, insane. Like, it's crazy because I haven't even heard anything about Anthony Rendon because that's how good Shohei's been and how good you know Mike Trout always is. Mm-hmm. Anthony Rendon, two years removed from being a MVP finalist, like yeah. just haven't heard his name. See, and, sorry, I keep going. Oh, I, no, I, no. I wanted to switch gears a little bit. So I mentioned a DH. I want to talk about a guy who's absolutely on fire with hitting right now. Yerman Mercedes. Oh, yeah. He currently has the longest home run for the MLB season at like, 478, I think. Is he the man? Do you guys, guy, right? No, he's is he, he the, is on the Chicago White you guys Sox. Want, I don't he is a, you want to get me started a, with the White Sox. He is a again, backup yeah. catcher on the Chicago White Sox, wears number 73, and is he set the MLB record? Uh, he was the first player to go eight and eight and his yeah. first eight at bats in the MLB in MLB history as a rookie. And he went out there and went eight for eight and then proceeded to hit the longest home run like. Seven games later. <laughs> I, I doubled down by saying the White Sox are my World Series pick again this year. I mean, and they've got... Last year, it bit me in the butt. I'm just thinking, they don't have any, like, weaknesses, but also they're not truly great at any one thing. They're just kind of like a well... They're kind of like the Spurs yeah, of baseball. Yeah, Who's their, like, pitchers? Lucas I mean, Giolito, they got... Uh, Kopech, I think, is one of oh, the guys Oh, they signed Liam Hendricks, too, as a closer. And Kopech is back this year. I, I will what, say... Is that his name? Back? Yeah, yeah. Um, I he he was throwing heat. Sorry. One thing I did really like was when, um, when what's his name, Eloy Jimenez got hurt, and they started like carrying his jersey around at every game, like he died or something. And they, yeah. they were like, one of them tweeted out a picture of it and was like, always in our memories or something with Eloy Jimenez. I thought that was funny. They're they're just out there having fun. Yeah, that that's funny. That's the best. They have Dallas Keuchel too. Yeah, Lucas Giolito, Dallas Keuchel, Lance Lynn, Dylan Cease, and Carlos Rondon, who's been pretty good. Not good. Recently. They don't. They don't really have a true number one. I mean, I guess Lucas Giolito is kind of becoming a true number one pitcher. Yeah. Oh, talking about Lucas Giolito, which bothers me. Oh, oh. Okay, so yeah, he's, okay. he's kind of fired up about this yeah. one. So, good lord, he was he was one of the Nats' top prospects, and years back they ended up giving him up so that they could get. Um, Adam Eaton, and so they traded him. It's like, all right, it's fine. We won World Series, and then Adam Eaton leaves Washington. He goes back to the White Sox. So it's like you gave up Adam Eaton, or you gave up Giolito to get Adam Eaton, and now they're both together on the White Sox, and Giolito's dealing. I mean, obviously we won a World Series, and Eaton played a a big factor in winning the World Series. But it is kind of frustrating. It's like, man, we could have had Giolito. Nah. Fine. I'll, I got. I got to throw in one of our own then, our, our uh, own bad trades. But last year we traded and we got um, oh, what's what's his name? He's a pitcher from the Tampa Bay Rays. Their top pitching prospect uh, out of Kentucky. Guess, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> the, we were like, yeah, we traded a couple like mid tier players. One of those mid tier players was Randy Arozarena, 
who oh, then went oh, on God. to oh. Randy Riggs. Yeah. Riggs all night, day, year. <laughs> Randy Riggs. Matt loves I it. love Randy Rosarina. Yeah, so we traded ah. Randy Rosarina for a couple prospects, uh, a pitcher. Oh, it was Matthew Libertori, who's our number one prospect right now. So hopefully he's good. Yeah, but, hopefully. Um, <laughs> do you guys have any other... Uh, I mean, we obviously have to talk about the Mets and how they literally the stole a win. Yeah, we can finish up love with the, that. Love the Mets. Yeah, but let's not let's let's not uh, talk about a bunch of dirty cheaters who lean into pitches and do all that. Yeah. So for anyone that didn't see, uh, you know, it was two strikes in the ninth inning, mm-hmm. bases loaded, and throw a pitch right down the middle. It was Michael Conforto hitting. Actually, he has a, one of those padded elbows. Yes, and, and it, if you notice the way that the, the the pad works is that it extends past the elbow yep. so that when your arm is straight, it it protects your tricep. Yeah. But what he did was he was bending his arm as you do when you go up to bat, so yeah. it was extended out a little bit, about you know four or five inches past his actual elbow. Yeah, and then so he then, leaned yeah. into a fastball right down the middle. The ump called it a hit by pitch, yep. and it walked in the final run. And then immediately after the game, the ump was like, he leaned into it, and it was this. The actual rule, by the way, which I didn't know because it's never mm-hmm. come up before, I've never seen it, is if you get hit by pitch, but the pitch is in the strike zone, you, it's a strike. Yes, it's so, a strike. Technically, he would so. have been out and the inning would have been over, yes. but and, instead yeah. they won the game. Yeah, and the ump came out and was like, hey, my bad. My and bad. this is part of the thing. That's that's the human element of, of sports. Sometimes refs. sometimes a guy. No, no, no robo refs. Robo umps. No, 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 we're not. We no. keep the human aspect. That's part of what makes sports fun and unpredictable because it creates outrage and it creates talking yeah. points and it, it's okay. fun. I like that. I like when you can sit there and be like, oh, this is stupid, <laughs> stupid ump, and you just blame it on like umps or refs or whatever you want to call it. But it's still part of the game. It's part of yeah. like what makes it fun. That's why we don't have like, we're not calling for robotic players and, you know, I mean, sports. You're not. Uh, Correct. One, I am glad, though, that it happened game seven of the 162 game season. Yeah. And so now, you know, if it happens again later, they'll have hopefully a precedent to be like, no, don't do that. Hey, but so like if it's going to happen seven games into the season is the time for happen. It's not like that's the do like the make or break for any of these teams to make the playoffs or do anything. So, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, it didn't really hurt them. It's like it's game seven. If you weren't going to make the playoffs based on game seven, you have your own problems. Sometimes game sevens are important, but not this one. Not in the MLB. Well, regular season. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, with that, I think uh, we're going to call it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. Episode 18 of the Super Sports Flash podcast. Thank you for listening. You know, yeah. we were gone a while. And I feel like I'm always saying, oh, we were gone and now we're back because hey. that's how it goes, you know. Constantly. We are constantly we're just busy. coming back. We're busy yeah. guys. We're busy guys. But uh, yeah. thank you for listening and we'll, uh, we'll have another episode next week. So yeah. Thank you so much. We love you guys. Peace. Peace. Peace.